Welcome back to the Marvel Movie Minute, a daily podcast in which we explore the films of the Marvel Cinematic Universe one minute at a time. In this our fourth season, we're looking at Kenneth Branagh's 2011 film, Thor. I'm Matthew Fox from the Star Wars Universe podcast. And I'm Andy Nelson from the Next Real Film Podcast. And today we're talking about Minute 68, which begins with Eric giving Thor some good advice and ends with Eric saying his only concern is Jane. Joining us on the show today, we have Brian Lockhart, host of the Marine Corps Movie Minute and co-host of the Marvel Events Timeline Podcast. Um, Brian, great to have you back. Uh, we've been talking about the various things and you talked about last time how you got into comic books. Uh, where were you with the MCU? Were you super excited when the movie started coming out? Were you kind of like, eh, I don't want them screwing up my comic book stories? What was kind of your take on it? Oh, I was all in. I, I'm still nice. all in. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, you know, even the ones that, that look less interesting to me always get the benefit of the doubt because... Um, I have always been pleasantly surprised. There's not one that I dislike. There are some that are much better than others, but <laughs> um, they're all good. And I was when when Iron Man came out, I was I was all in. I think Iron Man came out the same year as Dark Knight, and I think Dark Knight got all the love. For me, I was an Iron Man guy. I was like Iron Man is the far better movie. Um, I, I just it, there's just something about, especially these early phases there i was watching you know like just what i rewatched thor just the other night in preparation to to guest and i forgot how much i really liked that first movie <laughs> it's because i you know i you know it's ragnarok you think about those and no it, it's it, i all in uh, i'm an mcu guy yep well uh, andy we may have found a co-host for uh the dark world in that we may have found someone who likes <laughs> that movie which as i understand is a fairly rare thing but i'm glad to hear <laughs> <laughs> I, I'll, I'll I'll throw it out there. I think I think that movie is uh, unfairly maligned. Okay, I okay. I like it too. So there you go. Uh, not I said the fox, but I'm glad you both <laughs> love it, and we'll hear more about uh, the first Thor movie in just a moment. Have you ever heard of Patreon? Well, like so many podcasters out there, we are big fans of Patreon, and we find it to be a great platform for our fans to support us by becoming patrons. We have now upgraded our site, though, to Patreon's memberful platform, which allows us to build our patron support platform right into our own site. So if you have been thinking of becoming a patron to show your love for the show, but you weren't sure about it because you just couldn't find us on Patreon, just know we are, in fact, using their platform. You can learn more at memberful.com. They make it so easy. Just go to truestory.fm slash Marvel Movie Minute, and you can find out what we offer to our patrons. It's only $5 a month, or you can get a discount if you join at the annual rate. All right, so we're back to having just uh, two people sitting together, having a conversation. And this is kind of the second time. We've had we've had this a couple times. We also had that exchange between Loki and Thor uh, just a few moments ago, although that was mostly Loki just talking. Uh, what, do you, what do you think about this minute overall, Brian, kind of starting out? Like, we're getting a lot of kind of both Eric and Thor kind of sharing their own, their, where they are right now. I, I, like, I like these talkie scenes in the MCU. I mean, I, as much as I like the action, this is where the bread and butter, I think, where the MCU really makes you care about these characters is they really get into like what what ticks about these characters the interpersonal either conflict or or just uh camaraderie like one of my favorite bits is the avengers sitting around being friends you know or right or, or sometimes arguing you know i, I, I like that 
for this movie in particular, like I like the fact that Selvig and Thor are kind of having a, you know, I, I, I guess kind of like a come to Jesus moment. You know, it's like, hey, um, yeah, you don't know everything. And sometimes that's good. That's a first start. <laughs> um, you know, now you can move forward with your life. And he even says, like, I, you know, are, are you delusional? Is this a con? I don't know. But I'm going to drop some knowledge for you. And I, I really think for this movie, we needed more of this type of um, human interaction with Thor so that he could because, mm. you know, it's all about him learning to be, be humble. And, and this is actually, you know, these these few minutes or this week really is Thor. He's been humbled by his inability to uh, lift millionaire because he's no longer uh, worthy. He is now coming to realization that, yeah, this a lot of this, you know, based on Loki's lies, partly that all this is his fault. And he's not the man he thought he was. He's not the man he should be. And he doesn't know who that man is. And Selvig's kind of like helping him kind of understand that, hey, you're just I mean, you're basically human. None of us know what we're doing. And and I just like that this is where Thor learns to kind of embrace his own humility Um yeah, uh, he he learns to kind of he's I think he's already likes these guys, but, you know, he's he's getting a respect for humanity that he probably didn't have before. You know, these these peons of Midgard. And I, I really wish the movie took time to have some more of this, like like it, like Thor spent more time on on Earth with these people and learning to learning everything. Where I'm basically just saying now, but just yeah. just highlighting it a little bit better. However, they do such a good job. You don't need, you know, you don't need to make this a two and a half hour movie of Thor just hanging around Earth. And, <laughs> um, you know, I, I, yeah. I, I like that it's 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 in and out. But um, I, I mean, I think it's great. Uh, the the yeah. this this these interactions with with, uh, you know, with a God and a human. I really enjoy this whole conversation between the two of them. I, I find it to be, I mean, as you're saying, just it's a, it's an interesting exchange of of kind of thoughts and uh, kind of their positions and everything. I do think it's interesting that, and I I I can't, I'm not sure how much it really matters to me, but I do think it's interesting that, um, you know, with everything that Thor presumably or, or learned from loki that you know whether it's true or not but like his father's dead his mother doesn't want him to come home um nobody wants him this whole thing like he's he still is like so focused on himself like for the first time in my life i have no idea what i'm supposed to do as opposed to like i can't believe my father's dead and like i i'm responsible and part of it is like is he you know is he focusing too much on himself still and not on what he is potentially theoretically done to other people like has he still is he is there still more of this lesson for him to be learning which i think certainly will be the case when um later in the film um when the warriors three and sif uh come down um but i i find it interesting that at this point you know he's at a place where it still is such an internal trying to figure stuff out like he's kind of he's left the external changes in his life aside for a minute and is just really trying to figure out kind of from the inside out, I guess. I think that's a great question. I'll admit it's what I'm wrestling with because I, I see where you're coming from. I feel like in terms of the movie, it, it, the writing of the movie, if what we saw here was him wrestling with the fact that his father's dead, 
and that his mother's rejected him, things that we know are untrue, it, it might in some way be more realistic for what the character should be thinking about, but it would feel, it would, to me, it wouldn't feel like a real change moment because we're seeing him react to things that we know aren't true. Whereas here, we're seeing him react to the things that we know are true of, you know, that yes, Odin was really rejecting you and that yes, you really did screw up. So it, it, it's kind of a hard thing, I think. And I, I think you're right that on kind of a, if you really think about what the character should be thinking about, that would make more sense. But I also feel like it would not work in the movie to show his growth because we know those things aren't true. And so there'd be some moment of like, well, is this real then from him? Yeah, it's kind of like when you're on an airplane and, and they say to take care of your mask first before you can, um, you know, help help a child, let's say, or somebody else. So he can't he has to focus on himself before he can start worrying about what how other people think. But no, but he. I think with Thor in, in, in here, it, it, it is, in a way, he is thinking about others because, sort of. I mean, I think you make, uh, Andy, you make a good point. He is still kind of focusing on, well, what do I do, you know? But he's stating that, more or less, that his father was trying to teach him something he wasn't listening. And, 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 so he, you know, he thought he knew it all. And, and, and it's because his father is dead and he cannot tell him these things. That he is now like, uh, you know, I was wrong. Um, I had it backwards and I don't know where to go from here. And I don't even have a dad now to kind of help me figure that out. Um, so in a way, I mean, it still is, you know, self-reflection and, and, and still being kind of selfish about what he needs to do. But it is all because of these other things that he thinks are true. I think that's really a good point, especially what you say about how he can't talk to his father. I think it's very significant that he's saying this to Selvig, who is kind of a, you know, as you mentioned yesterday, kind of a paternal figure. He's been he's not a father figure to Jane, because we learned this minute he knew Jane's father. And there seems some level of like, I kind of a little took over that role when, when your father passed away. And certainly compared to like Jane or Darcy, you know, Selvig is. Well, Selvig is at a more advanced state of life than Thor is, even though Thor is like Thor is still in his early adulthood, even though he's chronologically he's much, much older <laughs> than Selvig. But Selvig is older in terms of where he is in, in the journey of his life. And I definitely think that I don't think Thor is like, well, Se I don't think he's consciously thinking Thor. My real dad is dead. Selvig is is the next in line. But I think that the fact that that, you know, Selvig's attitude towards this also is that kind of like older mentor, fatherly, nice uncle kind of, you know, yeah, you did screw up, but but maybe you can learn from this. Um, and I think that's very I think it's very intentional that Selvig is the person who Thor is talking to. It does. There is. A, I mean, this is just an aside, but it is interesting for a for a person and really for anyone who's from Asgard who lives for millennia that that Thor is only as wise as a 20 something Midgardian at this point right. in his life that he doesn't have, you know, you know, thousands of years worth of knowledge that he's been able to kind of use and adapt as he's grown. And so to that end, I mean, there's something funny about this. And yeah. also there is something funny about like the stuff that Eric says. Yeah. It, I mean, I, I like that. It makes sense. Like anyone who's ever going to find his way in this world has to start by admitting he doesn't know where the hell he is. 
that sounds like sage wisdom. It also sounds like drunk wisdom. It sounds like someone who had too much to drink and is just kind of putting words together and just spewing stuff. But and I love that it kind of ends up coming across like it actually works. It sounds like he could be a little drunk, but it does work, too. Yeah. <laughs> I, I didn't get that he was drunk, but I did get a sense that there, Drinking, there's something wonderful maybe, yeah, right. <laughs> in that Eric has no idea what Thor is actually saying, but his advice kind of works. You know, yeah, yeah. like he thinks that maybe is like, well, maybe his dad like was a mythologist and so he cared about that like whatever it is that he's thinking he you know and then there's a couple of wonderful moments where you know eric's talking about jane's father he he was a good man but he never listened and then thor says neither did i and this is kind of a, a bar moment they're kind of having two parallel conversations that are not yeah. connected to each other but that have relevance for each other yeah i, I like the way that these that that the two things bounce off each other like like we have Eric talking about Jane and her father. We have Thor talking about himself and his own father. But yeah, as you're saying, those conversations do kind of uh, bounce across each other and they end up working in conjunction with one another as they have it. But it's funny because as as Thor is talking about Odin and how his dad was trying to teach him a lesson, but he was too stupid to see it, he doesn't say Odin. He doesn't say anything that um, leads Eric to to kind of like go down like, oh, here he goes into his crazy stories about mythology and everything. But it does, like when he does say that, that's what triggers Eric to like pull up the, I don't know if you're delusional or pulling some kind of con. It's interesting because it's like, why is that the thing that triggered Eric to kind of like take that approach again? I don't know. Did that strike either of you as a as an odd moment? I think, I think maybe it's because he... Um, Selvig was used to him talking about all this crazy Bifrost and stuff like that. And how this is something very real, whether it's, you know, he's just talking about my father, everybody, you know, he has a father. He could just like, so Selvig may be seeing some of the, like, like the, what he perceives as the truth coming through. Like, this is just a real guy who's, you know, he's in pain and yeah. he, you know, he's, <laughs> so he's, he, it's kind of like, look, all that stuff from before, like I'm seeing the real you right now. I'm getting your humanity coming through. I, I don't know what that was earlier, but is it a con? Is it, are you delusional? But right now I kind of have some empathy for you. So maybe some respect. I can, I can see you're going through something. Um, so yeah, I, I think maybe it's the fact that he didn't bring up all the wackiness that he, yeah. <laughs> that he was like able to kind of, he's like, I, cause I, the, the gist of it is like, I really don't care about your con or your delusion. I just, sure. you know, I just care about Jane or, or, or just whatever. And he, he's seeing a real human person right now. Um, yeah. You know, I think what you said about the, you know, you're not bringing all the stuff up. And I think that's actually just as significant for Thor. Like you said, he, he says his father, you know, I feel like Thor has realized like name dropping isn't a good idea. You know, he's like, I, in part, cause I think he realizes people don't believe me, but also he's like, I don't. I, I shouldn't just go through people telling her, I'm the god of thunder. You should respect me. <laughs> in terms of uh, Selvig, though, I think I think that interpretation makes sense. For a lot of this movie, Andy, I think you and I have mostly been in agreement that there have been deleted scenes or uh, stuff from the script that was cut out, and we were generally happy about it. This scene is actually fairly different from what's in the script. And here's where I think actually the script would have been a lot better. Because in the script, this moment happens at a very different time in that they're in the bar 
And the first thing that Selvig says, or one of the first things, is this, I don't care if you're delusional or not. And it leads to him saying, like, I just want you to stay away from Jane, which we'll get to in, in tomorrow's minute. Forgive spoilers for a 10-year-old movie. Um, but And then there's a scene where the townies almost start a fight with them. And it's kind of a dumb scene, but very intentionally, Thor does not try to get into a fight. And then it's after that, and after they've had some other kind of crazy adventures together, that Thor kind of breaks down and says, you know, I don't know what to do anymore. And Selvig has this moment of real sympathy for him. And to me, I feel like that makes a lot more sense, where he is starting out like, I'm just here for Jane. I don't trust you. And again, sorry for going to the next minute, but I feel like it's very relevant to this here. You know, he's going to say, like, I just want you to leave town, like, leave Jane alone. It makes sense to me that he does that first, and then he sees more of what Thor's going through and kind of connects more with Thor, and that's when he goes into more like this fatherly advice stuff. Um, Andy, I don't know, what, what, what did you take kind of rereading that? reading that part in the script yeah i i I, yeah i'm i'm kind of there with you i as i as i reread the script i mean they really rearranged this the conversation here and it's interesting how i mean it plays it's an effective conversation from start to finish here Uh uh, in this rearranged version but i did find that i appreciated the way that it unfolded in the script a little more just because it does I don't know. I I felt like a a little more connection to each of the characters. I felt like there was a there was a logical flow to everything that they were kind of talking about. And it had just a little more meat in it, you know, the the kind of allowed for kind of this the exploration of their emotions in this particular thing. So, yeah, it's it's one of those interesting um, elements that um, I don't know if they just felt that it was dragging i don't know if they felt uh that or they needed to cut a couple more minutes out because they were trying to hit a particular uh time as far as the release or what but uh th- this was a moment where as i read the script i'm like gosh i kind of like the way that this played so that's yeah it's one of those changes but what are you gonna do yeah i wasn't aware of that but as you guys are describing it it, it makes sense that i i kind of wish they did do it that way selvig being annoyed right off the back man like you're crazy you, you know you just attacked a shield place <laughs> you know <laughs> um you know you've been talking about norse mythology this whole time and then you know then having these conversations but also the fact that it may have been silly with him almost getting in a fight with the with the townies but that's what led him into this problem in the first place was courting a fight that he really shouldn't have been courting and and showing the growth here on midgard of him you know choosing not to fight at this point would have been uh, just a little bit more towards his evolution of being a little bit more rational, a little bit more um, humble. Again, I keep going back to humble. Yeah, right, right. And uh, again, I I really like that Thor is the one who chooses not to fight. I, I feel like there was a lesson. It's interesting because it's like He's been very aggressive in his time so far on Midgard, like with the the orderlies and the nurses at the hospital, uh, with all the shield agents and everything. And now here, and, and interestingly, it was the townies who were in Isabella's. That's how they recognize him. Um, and so he would have had uh, the return of Jake and Pete. Um, but yeah, it, they, I don't know. I feel like with everything that had happened, he kind of is this place, you know, well, one, he realizes he's mortal, but also it's like, you know, he's in a place where he's just like, I just, it's not, that's not what this is about right now. And so I liked that. And, and I do think it, 
and even even the way it's it's ordered in the scene as as it's shot does this, but I like the script version better. It does also, I think, in some ways help to further explain Selvig and Jane. Because I think kind of what this is, is that Sel- like there are people who just, no matter how mad they may be at you or they like how frustrated with the situation they are, if you're in a situation where they need help, like they're just the mom friend. They're the dad friend. They're going to switch into, let me be sympathetic. Let me hear you. Let me try to give you some advice. And I feel like, see, because we've kind of wondered back and forth, like, why does Selvig have this almost like paternalistic feeling towards Jane that is sort of fitting, but not really, given he's just her professor and her mentor and friend of her dad's. To me, this helps cement that a little more. Is that it's not that it's something weird between Selvig and Jane. He's kind of just mom friend. Like he does this with, you know, even the people who's like, you're a danger to my to my my friend, my student, Jane, but still you're hurting. So even you, I'm gonna have this moment of compassion with. Well, there's definitely some more to talk about with that tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They 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 move into to some great bonding moments tomorrow. So uh anything else from this moment? The only other thing that I, I uh like is that um or that I wanted to bring up. As we get toward the end of this moment where it is ha- where Eric approaches Thor with this idea of, I don't know if you're delusional or pulling some kind of con. I don't care. I just care about her. As Thor listens to that, I like that it's almost like he stops and like, like he hears what what Eric's saying. And you can really see like he's acknowledging something more serious is coming. And it's almost kind of like he he kind of furrows his brow. Like, I, I really got to pay attention here. Like, I, I like that shift in there. They've gone from just having this kind of bouncing back ca- casual conversation to, oh, it's time to get serious here. And I, I like that we're getting to that point. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, I think that's a good place to call it. Um, Brian, we've talked about the two podcasts that you run. Uh, what I know you've also kind of guested some other things. Where else can people find stuff you've been doing? Uh, either podcasts or, or in other places. Uh, I mean, really, just uh, I mean, I've guested on many movie vi- movies by minutes podcast. The uh, Jay and Silent Bob Minute, uh, Great Escape Minute was w- one of the more recent ones. Um, yeah, I mean, my name's out there. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Sounds good. Yeah, and, uh, uh, ch- you know, check out the movies by minutes uh, Facebook page, and there's a lot of you know, you- you'll find me there too as well. <laughs> great, great. Well, thank you so much for being on. It's really been fun. We look forward to. You. Have you wrap up the, uh, the week for the next two days. Andy, as always, thank you so much for all this. And to everybody listening, have a great day. Until next time, true believers. Marvel Movie Minute is a production of True Story FM, engineering by Andy Nelson. This season's music is One Last Ride by Martin Puringer. Find the show at truestory.fm. And if your podcast app allows ratings and reviews, consider doing that for this show. Thank you.